Is it safe to fire up one stud AFC pass catcher this weekend? Who should you be starting for the Broncos in week 11? And how do you handle a tight end landscape that just got more dire this weekend? Plus, the 17th place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, Rob Sussman, drops by to talk about his best waiver acquisition so far this season, what he saw in Tua Tunga by Loa earlier this summer, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. Uh, I'm Eric Balkman. Don't go anywhere. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts right now. Damn the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, a.k.a. the FFPC, a.k.a the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to be discussing Kadarius Toney. We're going to be talking about Trey McBride, Kenny Pickett, and much more. Bet you didn't think you'd hear that sentence at the start of the season. Plus the 17th place team owner in the 2022 Football Guys Players Championship, Rob Sussman will make an appearance. He's going to talk to us a little bit about Michael Gallup's role on the Cowboys going forward, why it matters for doesn't matter for fantasy. Rondale Moore and his role now with the Arizona Cardinals with a beat-up uh, Kyler Murray and the resurgence of DeAndre Hopkins and much more. If you want to connect with us, uh, feel free to do so on Twitter, at HSFFHour. I am at Eric Balkman. And, of course, always check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC Official on Twitter as well as kffsc.com if you want to post on our facebook page you can do so facebook.com slash hsff hour if you want to email the show high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com we'll try to get to all the questions um uh in the fantasy feedback coming up uh later on segment coming up later on in the show uh if you want to connect with us uh you know send us those tweets email us and uh we'll get them in um we'll ask them or we'll answer them tonight on the show after you ask them thanks to our producer and my best friend uh, producer and mutual friend, Rob, and of course, my best friend and audio engineer, Bryce. I uh, want to remind everybody, if you have not checked it out, the FFPC Weekly Challenge is filling up for Week 11. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. Just choose 10 players if you want to play in the slim format, 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Uh, by Sunday's kickoff, you can only pick one player per NFL team. So if you have Brady, you can't pick Evans. If you want uh, Patrick Mahomes, you can't pick Kelsey, so on and so forth. Uh, you can play for $35. You can play for a $200 entry fee. Um, we have 10, 30, and 100-team formats. Um, and the 10-team formats probably been most compelling so far. Remember, if you beat out those nine other players in that contest, you will have a free 2023 FFPC main event entry, and you can play for $1 million next year. The winner takes all, and the winner could take all uh, a lot more in 2023 if you're bringing home a million bucks just by beating out nine people this year in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. We have done a ton of radio this week, had a blast 
on the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on Wednesday night with Drew Davenport from footballguys.com. I uh, had a blast doing the three other shows we've done this week as well. And in case you missed them, rotaviz.com uh, slash podcast or the FFPC YouTube channel is your home for the high stakes lowdown. We had 40th place FF, uh, beg your pardon, football guys team owner Eric Sisson. Uh, that was on Monday. On Tuesday, I welcomed aboard uh, Rob Abbott, the 11th place team in the FFPC main event. You can check those out on demand in case you uh, missed the uh, live show of that. And then, of course, the first HSFF hour we did this week on Tuesday night with the KFFSC overall leader, Jason Kahn. I don't think it is a stretch to say, and I think we said this afterwards, uh, myself and Farrell did with Jason, that it might have been our most fun show we have done all season. They're all fun. But this one was right up there. I'll let the commission weigh in as I bring him in right now, ladies and gentlemen. The definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, what a blast we had on Tuesday night. Two HSFF hours this week for the uh, for the fans. Hi, buddy. Yeah, that was that was a blast. And if Mr. Drew Dravit Davenport delivered later on Tuesday evening, uh, he probably you know he probably rallied he would have had to sing and dance to outdo jason con because it, it was pretty fantastic but you know uh drew davenport uh he's a knowledgeable cat but jason con is uh knowledgeable has cashed the big checks to do it and gets up sorry of 7 30 in the morning to drink bourbon and play fantasy football in kentucky so you know i i have to lean towards con in this situation yeah i mean i did both of them and and i would say the con one it, i mean they were fun for in different ways because i mean every guest brings something different to the table mm-hmm. right but what i did i mean i we have never in the history of this show had a person do a wardrobe change in the middle of the program <laughs> on tuesday night with jason con so and and if you want to see it ffpc uh Beg your pardon, youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy. Stuff's on demand, Balky. It's you on can, demand. You can demand it, and it's yours. That That's the beautiful thing about technology and, and YouTube is uh, you can watch it whenever you'd like. Um, let's kick things off with – We uh, watch the of, Thursday night Packer game if you want. Oh, yeah, you could do that as well. I'm so glad I went to the Cowboys game on Sunday and rather than the Titans game on Thursday night because – you know, there's more than a few people I talk to that, you know, you know, you meet up with because it's Green Bay. You know, you run into everybody in Green Bay because there's only like five people in the whole town. And uh, you ran into people at that game. And afterwards, the game, you're partying with them at the tailgates, walking back, you know, because if, if you're not familiar, Lambeau Field is in the middle of a neighborhood in Green Bay. So you walk out the stadium and you're literally in somebody's driveway. So you hit up all these tailgates and stuff and after parties after the game. And we're all talking like, yeah, let's go to the game on Thursday. Let's keep this rolling. It's going to be great. And I was on kid duty because my wife was 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 um, uh, out of uh, out of the uh, out of the home that night. She was did some work and then she was partying with her friends. So I'm like, yeah, I can't go. And uh, boy, I was glad I didn't because it was not a fun game to be at if you were a Packers fan. Such is life. Such is the NFL. Uh, as Joe Bryant from Football Guys always says, things change pretty quick around here, and they change change for the Packers pretty quick on Thursday night. They're changing. In Arizona right now, if you are to believe ESPN.com reporter Josh Weinfuss, who covers the Cardinals for the four-letter network, um, Marquise Brown participated in Thursday's practice, have not seen anything about today's practice yet. He did not participate in all the individual drills, um, but Weinfuss said the drills he participated in, he looked pretty healthy. And it sounds like he could be active, uh, activated off injured reserve this week. But the issue with this is the Cardinals – are playing on Monday night uh, football against the 49ers in Mexico City, actually, at Estadio Azteca. And this is a problem because if you want to play Marquise Brown, 
you may not have sufficient uh, sufficient substitutions if they don't activate him. And if he's not active, Farrell, I'm going well, to wait one more week on Marquise Brown. If you want to play Marquise Brown, you're a real, uh, you really are tough on yourself. You really are trying to, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. Don't start your Thanksgiving week with uh, Marquise Brown in your lineup. That's my advice. It, it, it's uh, there's a lot of things going on with the Cardinals that aren't good, and I think what you can do there is plug in Hopkins. And I'd like to get our guest opinion tonight about uh, the tight end, perhaps. But all in all, it, uh, it it's something that I just don't want to get involved with, Balky. So yeah, he'll it, let's find better options. Yeah, and um, the thing of it is, is like, you know, I'm not even trying to think like who you would go with. And that, because you probably don't have Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore. You probably don't have Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what 49er receiver is worth starting that you wouldn't have already been starting, yeah. you know, like Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk or, mm-hmm. or what have you. So I think you're right. I think we stay away and we will look for bigger things from if, Mr. Brown in week 12. Yeah, if you've been with if if you have Marquise Brown on your roster, you've figured it out by now how to live without him. And you should figure it yeah. out for more week. Um speaking of living without him, it has not been fun without Mark Andrews, but oh, oh. those days could be coming to an end as he was a full participant in today's practice. John Harbaugh said that uh, he's officially questionable. He's officially a game time call. I do believe that the Ravens and I'm going to look this up right now. Um but uh, uh, I do believe the Ravens are a um, a one o'clock game, so mm-hmm. which is good. That's what you're looking for. Um, the Ravens are playing at one o'clock at home against the Carolina Panthers. So you will know. Um, but the question is here, and and I guess maybe it, the question answers itself considering the wasteland that is tight ends this year. Um, but Farrell, Mark Andrews first start back. I mean, you're, you're you got to be playing him if he's active, right? No you, question. You have to you have to pull the trigger. And in the early film that shows the players arriving for their their business day, if if, uh, if Andrews has a, a cane and a seeing eye dog, I'm still starting. You know, because <laughs> I figure that he can make his way to the locker room. He can make his way in the rest. Here's a player that knows how to overcome uh, a compromised physical condition and deliver and he's been doing it his entire career even in his college career i'm all in on mark andrews because uh as jason Kahn said tuesday night he's a ride or die guy it's good you're going to be hard pressed uh to find a tight end that that you would play over andrews and if you would if you would play him over andrews you're probably flexing him anyway so why not all right so uh our resident um uh uh, Ivy League professor chiming in in the chat. He says, oh, this is a question for later. We're not, we don't do later on the show. We right, do it right bring now. it on now, HUD. We don't. He want, it's, 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 he he's referred it to committee. That's what they do in university. Right. They send it to the committee. Exactly. They bring the question back from committee. They, you know, that's, we just it, want him to ask the questions because his questions are in, 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 in just, they're deep, they're meaningful, they're ahead of the curve. You know, he's a fantastic guy. He's a fantastic mind. Well, and hopefully Hudson will be grading us on a curve for this oh, question. Oh, God, we need that. It is, it, it's not an easy one. He wants to Bonky, know. There is no, there is no shame in a gentleman's C. My father told me that when he sent me off to college. <laughs> no shame in a gentleman's No shame C. in a gentleman's C. You Could know. be a Kentucky team name for me. Come on year. and get out. Yeah. You know, buddy. Um, he wants to know deep sleeper picks for week 11 in fantasy football at the, oh, yeah, that's for later. At, no, no, no. We're going to do it right now. 
for the tight end okay. position specifically. Okay. Yeah. So, so obviously no Gasicki, no Evan Engram this week. I'm trying to think of everybody else on by. I should have it up and I don't yet. Um, mm-hmm. But he's looking at deeper tight end sleepers. Okay. okay. So I, I think um, Kylan Granson, Indianapolis no. against the Eagles. No, you don't like him. Um, I would have said Austin Hooper if it would have been no. Thursday night, but I can't anymore because they're sleep on um, what about Detroit? Brock Wright, James Mitchell? You like either one of those? Yeah, I like them both. It's hard to decide who they like the best, so let's pass on them. Okay. What about in the then the Eagles is interesting because obviously no Dallas Goddard. You have Jack Stoll there. And who was the guy, the former quarterback they just uh, activated off IR? Tyree Jackson? Am yes. I getting that name right? So mm-hmm. you have, what about Jack Stoll or Tyree Jackson? I, I guess um, the question is, does Philadelphia know who they want there? Because I think Tyree Jackson has the higher upside, but Jack Stoll has been on the roster all season and not on injured reserve. What about either of those two players? Uh, former Nebraska Cornhuster Jack Stoll is your guy here. If you go back to some of his college games, he shows great physical skills, ability to shed blockers, ability to get open, and I love the way he catches the ball. You love the athletes. You wish you wish all tight ends that came in the league had the hands that he does. So in, in this in this offense with the quarterback that likes to extend the plays, this kid knows how to get open, stay open. I, I like Jack Stoll in this game. Uh, I also like Trey McBride as a tight end sleeper this week, despite the quarterback issues. Uh, the backup quarterback loves the backup tight end. They're, they're a pairing made for a, for a, a wonderful result in a team that's not going to have a lot of wonderful results. Did we already say Foster Moreau? We did not. I don't think he's a deep sleeper anymore, though. I don't either. But a lot of people, a lot of players don't see him, I don't think, for what he is. But I I agree with you. He isn't a deep sleeper. And I may not be crediting our our players with as much – with as much evaluation as I I should be. So I I think that's about it at the tight end position. Give you one more and feel free to disagree with me. This is a deep one. He's at Baltimore and his name's Tommy Tremble. Shout out to the fantasy football juggernaut, Chris Vincent, who was mm-hmm. on Tommy Tremble ever since his rookie year, saying that he was, and Hudson can remind me, saying he was the next fill-in-the-blank, some stud tight end. I can't remember who he said. But he, Tommy he, Trump, Trump, he's gotten into the end zone a couple of times this year, Farrell. I think he qualifies as a deep sleeper this week. This is the kid at Carolina that's playing against Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, playing against Baltimore. Uh, yeah, Tremble's a good player. He's a Notre Dame player, so you can't call him a sleeper either. Any play, any college player in Notre Dame, you know. I mean, you know, he went to Notre Dame and he's been playing professional ball for a long time. Um, yeah, it's a good player, Michael Mayer. Next year, no oh. Notre Dame tight end, he's gonna be a high pick in FFPC dynasty. I tell you what, yes, uh, I, the dynasty drafters that that have with that pick within the first three to four spots could not do any better, yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of the Ravens, as long as we're talking about Mark Andrews, let's talk about the running back situation here. Oh no, we don't want, you don't want to, I want to, but I just, I just don't know what to say. Well, okay. Well, I, I will do the talking here then. And, and we will talk about Gus Edwards. He is officially questionable to face the Carolina Panthers uh, again Mm. at home this week. Edwards limited practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He did not play in week 10 with a knee problem. And this was, um, only two games after he came back from the torn ACL that he suffered last year. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, remember, he was coming back from a knee injury this past year. It didn't go well for him. He is is he on IR? Is he, I think he's on IR right now, right? Self inflicted. He's yeah. third a third round draft pick uh, deep into August, right? 
I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Just, just, I just, it just blew my mind that that player with that, those situations. Yeah. Baltimore rough stuff. And, and I think the thing is, and look, you know, I root for Gus Edwards. I hope he's healthy. Um, but I would like to see John Harbaugh play it a little bit on the cautious side so I can deploy Kenyon Drake in what should be a really good matchup against mm-hmm. the Panthers this week. Because the problem is if Edwards is active, Farrell, it's tough for me to say start Drake. It's tough for me to say start Edwards. It's tough for me to say start anybody in that Ravens backfield because I just don't know what's going to happen if Edwards is active. The Ravens, for whatever reason, love Gus Edwards, and anytime he is active, they do show him a lot of love. And then the love will have to be mutual between you, the head coach, and the player. I, you know, even if Drake was the only back, I don't think that's an indication that he is uh, that that he would be used the same way as he when he had his hundred yard game. He's very very good player, but you know, every week is a new week in the NFL and a new season, perhaps in the Baltimore backfield. It's the toughest thing to predict. Um, I, I just I don't care to be involved. That's why we can make the statement earlier that Andrews is such a, a wonderful choice. And, uh, you know, free agent pick up Demarius Robinson. Uh, excellent choice. Uh, Jackson overthrew him on two apparent touchdowns last time they were on the field. He's wide open. Jackson throws him the ball, but it, it, it's over his head and uncatchable. So uh, I think there's other things about this team that work better. And I think there's other running backs and situations in the league that will serve fantasy players better. I think if Gus Edwards is inactive for this game, you can safely start Kenyon Drake. Yeah. If, he, if he is active, Edwards is active. I'm definitely not playing Edwards. And I would look for reasons not to start Kenyon Drake for sure. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how I fall in on that. Sounds like you're falling in the same way. Yeah. Um, let's uh, take our conversation. Let's take our, our conversational talents over to the um, – snow-capped hills slash mountains of uh, of Denver, Colorado. Ooh. We found out today that Jerry Judy is not going to play this week against the Raiders. Now, some reports that came in throughout the week saying that Judy had a chance, but remember, he was carted off the field in, in Week 10 because of an ankle injury. Never practiced this week, so to me, never in any kind of having any kind of chance to play this week. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Greg Dulcich, you would think, are going to be Russell Wilson's main targets. I like Sutton this week. I like Dulcich. Is there any love for any of the other Denver receivers? You know, I think about Kendall Hinton. And and then I, I forget the um, the rookie they got. Uh, Montreal, Washington. Is it Montreal, Washington? Okay. Stanford University. Got it. Okay. So him, I mean, I, and I didn't, and I should have looked at the um, the fantasy mojo this week to see what, what high stakes players were doing with um, with the Denver wide receivers this week. And I did not see them. Um, I am looking up and just in case I'm forgetting anybody right now on the, Oh, Jalen Virgil was the other, was the mm-hmm. other guy too, that, that I think people were, were looking at, um, Kate, no, no KJ Hamler. It sounds like this week. So I think it's Sutton and Dulcich and don't overthink it. Right. Nobody else worthwhile in, in Denver. I wouldn't want to get involved with anyone else. And in the, in the, the way this game could be played, it could become a, a, a real running game, uh, a quick game, especially if they stay in front of the chains. I think that Jacobs uh, has a good good game. The two Denver backs have a good game. And this team both try to get the game over and get out of here with a win. And, and who knows? Looks like it could be a kicking contest. I like the kickers. 
on both sides. Yeah. I, yes, that makes a lot of sense for sure in, in this game. I, I should look at the um, at the total on this game right now. For It's barely 40. Maybe it's 40 and a half. That's what it always is when they don't know what it is. 41 and a half, but you're right, Farrell. It, it, well, you know, it's weird as it opened up at 42 and a half and it's fallen to 41 and a half. Hey, speaking of, as long as we're talking about um, Raiders here, did you see this um, report? And I, I, I will use the, the term report um, from ESPN tonight from Dan Graziano reporting that the Raiders might release Derek Carr after this season. So they wouldn't have to pay the final three years uh, of his contract and that it might be more likely that McDaniels comes back than Derek Carr in 2023. Farrell, what's going on in Las Vegas? I don't know. could be a good thing for them and could be a good thing for him. Uh, We talked about it. I think we talked about it last Tuesday night. I believe they have him so brainwashed that uh, it's get the ball to Adams. He's the he's the playmaker. He's the guy that's going to make the circus catch. He's the, he's the guy that's going to win the game for us, and that's what's happening. I, you know, it, it, I bought a ticket when we were at the fabulous FFPC live events at Planet Hollywood. I bought a Raider ticket for over touchdowns um, for Adams, over 9.5 touchdowns for the season. I think we're almost there. Um the if I had told you, Balky, that was going to be a hit, but the quarterback would be having a terrible, terrible season, you would say, Farrell, that's crazy. You can't have both. You can't have it both ways. It's a situation where um, a fresh start for both sides might be good. Derek Carr will play quarterback for somebody else in this league, and the Raiders are facing a quarterback draft out of college mm-hmm. this year that is, is an impressive group, unless you're – Unless you're Will Levitz from Kentucky playing against Vanderbilt last week, you probably don't want to get into that conversation. But that's uh, nevertheless, uh, it's a good quarterback group coming out of college, so it makes sense to me. All right, um, we are having uh, some slight technical difficulties with Rob Sussman bringing him on right now. So here's where what is Rob, do. by the way? I'm, I'm going. He's in. Uh, he's in uh, California. Is is where oh, he's located? Damn, so. Rob. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Uh, we got an email here from Darren in Red Bank, New Jersey. I'm going to read that. I'm going to have you answer it while I try to address these concerns uh, off camera here. The question, the question is here, Farrell, uh, Darren in Red Bank, New Jersey. Hello, gentlemen. Would you start Brian Robinson, uh, on a short week in Houston or take a chance on Deandre Swift against the giants? Thank you so much. That is Darren in Red Bank, New Jersey. Farrell, I will return, uh, in just one second. Well, we'll see you later, my friend. And, you know, DeAndre Swift is a player that that owners that have him are invested in him uh, to a point where uh, the expectation is so high that it would be difficult for them to sit him. Now, Robinson runs hard, runs effective, runs in a way that is intriguing uh, to all uh, fantasy players. And they have a good matchup this weekend. So you, you really can't go wrong here, but there's more talent on the offensive side of the ball and a new philosophy of offense scripted with the backup quarterback, Heineke, playing. So we're in a situation um, that I, I personally like, uh, yeah, in the words of Jason Kahn, ride, ride or die. I'm going, with a, I'm going with the guy that I planned on going with for the entire year, Swift. And, you know, if you drafted Robinson before – uh, his unfortunate incident 
preseason before being uh, the, the, the criminally uh, shooting and the carjacking where he, where he miraculously returned to football this year, you probably paid a pretty high price for Robinson. Um, yeah, but I'm a, I'm a swift guy on um, on this one. I uh, getting back to some of the things that Balky uh, has been talking about uh, in in relation to um, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. It's a it's a situation where when things begin to go wrong and you don't have any ready answers, but you see players around you having great, great success. And I think part of that car question is why you feel you can move from car. You know what? I gave you the Adams uh, situation with over nine and a half touchdowns. If I could have also bought a, bought a ticket at the sports book on Josh Jacobs yardage. And I would say we were almost there or, or close to breaking that um, uh, preseason number as well. So when you've got success by certain players, but the quarterback seems to be struggling, uh, that's where you want to move on. I, I we are we're still working on getting Robin right now. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go through some of these emails a little early tonight so we can okay. make sure that we uh, we we address all the listeners' concerns. And maybe we can get more emails, and maybe you know somebody would join HUD in the chat room. You know, he's just, yeah. just, just you it's, know, it's lonely. In there for you know, it's like we could give extra credit if people would show up, you know, like a free best ball 39 to 35 dollar team. Whoa, I did not realize we have giveaways on the show tonight. Yeah, we should have some giveaways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's it's tough when you got that rotoviz schedule and you got so much talent. We preempted it this week by bringing Con in on Tuesday, right? Uh, But, um, you know, when you got that rotoviz talent and you're sweeping up on Friday night, you know, it's it's hard. It's, they do that in the music business sometimes, Balky. You you have the opener, and then you have the um, the headliner, and then you have the third act. I've been on that third act side before. Yeah, they, they do that. They do that in many many venues, and and the third act is to keep the people there and keep them drinking. Oh, uh, hold on, hold on. So, but the third act comes on after the headliner. The third act comes on after the headliner. It's to keep the people. Uh, it's, it's, it's to keep the people in the room because they're so entranced by the headliners, but when it's a standing only crowd, no seats, right. no idea. You, they're, they're so engaged with the headliner and they've got a good place to stand and they don't want to give it up. And they, so they don't go to the bar and, you know, the, so you have a third act that keeps the people in the room socializing and talking about how great the headliner was. And, you know, the third act, uh, it, it's tough to be the third act. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest. Now you have been to a lot more shows and concerts mm-hmm. than I have. I have never been at one where it has been, um, where where, where there there's been a third act. I, I've, well, but you have been to Mile of Music in beautiful yeah. Apple, Wisconsin, where right. who who knows who the headliner is and who knows who the, the it's just music all week, right? You know? I just view everybody as a headliner then because it starts in the morning, it goes to the wee early part of the morning it's just crazy. That, that's kind of like what it is with your uh contribution here to fantasy football and the ffpc network because <laughs> balky you are truly our headliner you well i i i thank you so much for that um i'll get another email here i i um and i'll have you answer this feral and i do have a phone call coming in i think it's rob and we're gonna hash oh, this you put rob on the phone 
We're trying. Well, we're, I wish I could hook him up. I can't hook him up. That's the problem. But I'm going to get to him in a Calling second. From a payphone or something? You he, can't that's, if they're still out, if they're still out there, it's it's uh, it's possible. That Snowing in California. Um, what's up, guys? Actually, this is from California this evening. Mm. Doug in Santa Clara. What's up, guys? Is Nico Collins the right guy to go with hosting the Foreskins, or is it Kadarius Tony oh in God. Los Angeles against the Chargers? Uh, Collins got a lot of targets last week, Farrell. Um, but Kadarius Tony, we already know McCole Hardman on IR. We know that Juju Smith Schuster is out. Could be a smash opportunity for Tony this week. I'm going to let you answer this question, and I will be back with you shortly. Uh, short answer is Collins runs with Hollins, so we're not going to do it. But no, Nico Collins, very very good player, and under ordinary circumstances, I would start him. But that's that's not the question. The question is Collins or Kadarius Tony, and even my limited mathematical skills let me recognize the advantage that I have at quarterback here. Uh, and if I had been asked this question last week, it would have been the same answer. I have an advantage at quarterback here. I have a situation where um, I have players out at Kansas City. But let's just say that Kansas City, even if Kansas City was at full force and it was asked this question, you're going to look at the quarterback and you're going to realize that Mahomes has thrown for about, my guess is, 15, 1,600 more yards than Davis Mills. And you'll find that you'll find that Mills is putting a spin on it. He's already north of 300 passes for the season, which surprises most people considering that they have the prolific running back Pierce there. But um, in that situation, uh, Collins ordinarily would be a, a late season comer. That's why you have him on the roster. And I think you want to play him, but Tony proved it last week and has an opportunity to step on the field with Mahomes. But now let's take a look at the touchdowns. Uh, maybe Davis Mills is 10 or 11, maybe 12 for the season. Um, Mahomes is probably pushing 30. So it's the benefit, the high side benefit of Tony here makes this the easiest fantasy football question, uh, and you don't have to overthink it. That's one of the things we talk about. Do not overthink uh, making your decisions. This is a real easy decision. There's guys, if you take if you take a look at Collins, if the question was who do you start, Collins or Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now you've got a conundrum. I happen to like both players very well. I like Peoples-Jones and the way he executes the position even better. I'm going to look at the quarterbacks again, and I'm going to say, you know what? Jacoby Brissett, no matter what he does, is playing loose because he knows he's about ready to cede the job to Watson. Consequently, there's every player on that team uh, and Jacoby Brissett are looking to go out these next couple of weeks with a very, very impressive game. So I'm thinking that maybe um, th that's a real closer situation, but even then I would probably keep uh, Nico Collins on the bench and, and play uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. In, in situations that exist with Nico Collins, I would probably play him in front of uh, the Saints receivers. I would probably play him in front of um, – the receivers with the Chargers. I to play him in front of all the Rams receivers, and we'll probably get into that later, whether we get our guest on or not, about what's going on there. Um, the, uh, in the in the chat room, uh, I'm I'm looking for a uh, I'm looking for any other question that I might have, and uh, you know Hudson Kern Reeves is doing a wonderful job. The uh, 
uh, of uh, carrying the chat room tonight. As we get later in the season, Balky had a really cool question for me. He's back. But Balky's cool question last year was, Farrell, is the season going slow, or last week, is the season going slow or is the season going fast? And my answer was, if you're doing well, it's going slow. And if you're not doing well, it's going real fast. And um, here in Kentucky, uh, we play through 13 weeks uh, in the regular season. However, our ancillaries cut off after week 11. And, you know, it's fast. And uh, you, you, uh, week 11 is a big, big money week for us here. So there's a lot at stake. A lot of people are uh, uh, looking for advice there. Just maybe bulky tonight, not looking for it from us. No, and hopefully not. <laughs> um, and, and thank you so much, Farrell. We Technical difficulties resolved. No way. Yeah, they're resolved, so we're good to go here. I'm going to bring in tonight's guest right now. Uh, he started playing football uh, a little over two decades ago. A friend of him uh, was playing in the CDM Roto contest, so he became a Roto geek, obviously, but way back in the day. He played both football and baseball, and uh, about 25% of the time he was either winning his league or at least cashing in his league. Uh, sometimes you would actually get into that overall money, uh, which obviously got him intrigued to the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Back in 2002, him and his wife flew out to the WCOF at the MGM in Las Vegas and uh, loved the experience of drafting in a big room, tons of tables. You'd see the completed draft boards, a lot like the FFPC. Um, and then uh, uh, over the next decade, he either drafted in Las Vegas in the FFPC or he drafted online. Um, started playing in the football guys tournament, uh, and and now he has he takes advantage of that fifty dollar discount, getting three teams for a thousand dollars to try to get the the overall uh, cash in that. Um, he has split teams with a couple of former guests of the show, uh, Sean Coots and David Hubbard, and saying he's learned a thing or two from both of them. Believe me, when we've had these guys, those guys on the show, we've learned a lot from them as well. Uh, one of those teams that he had in the football guys players championship uh, tallied fifty five points just from Joe Mixon. Uh, yeah. last week. He was up as high as fifth overall. I believe he's 17th coming into this week. I uh, want to welcome in our guest for the night, the Sling Blade himself. It is Mr. Rob Sussman. Rob, welcome into the there program he is. tonight, man. Hey, Bob. Hey, how you doing? We're doing good, Rob. It Cheers. is good to see you. I'm glad we got you on tonight. It, it's very exciting. So just curiously, um, I'll lead off this with this. So how did you get hooked up with Dave Hubbard and Sean Coots? Did you meet them out in Vegas and then yes. develop the friendship that way? Yes. Um, I think I was there one year and then the, the following year, or I met him at the, at the, at the WCOF and uh, he said, Hey, I'm going to run a few teams next year. Uh, would you like to be a, a would like to own a, a team or two, or we'll split some teams and, and get a bunch. And uh, I said, yeah, yeah. So uh, I did that. And uh and then I guess a few years later, I met Sean and did the same thing with him on a team. But with Hubbard, he was more set up like a uh, like a real analyst. I mean, we met him at a coffee shop. He had his two laptops going and information on both laptops with all kinds of stuff I'd never seen before, you know. And uh, and it was it was a new era for me to to watch his operation and how professional and how fair he was with, with having a, a partner where, uh, you know, his take was, Hey Rob, you know, these are the guys I like. They're going to probably go in these rounds and I, I see who you like. And I'm going to, I'm going to give you the rounds. I think they'll go in. And if the shoes fit where they fall on the draft, 
we're good. And that's pretty simple method, you know. And, and it works. Easy. It, it's he worked out, simple. obviously. Yeah. Um, Rob, uh, when, tell, tell us this. When you are not, um, you know, hanging out in the top five of the Football Guys Players Championship, what are you doing for a living? And you're in California, right? Way out on the California. On the we're in the desert, uh, Indio. Um, so I golf. I play tennis. I, I play tennis a little better than I golf. Um, huh. I play guitar. I play guitar. So All right. I jam with uh, a couple of different people and uh, uh, just relax. So we have a pool. Uh, we uh, we live right on a, on the green. So I chat with the golfers as they go by if I'm not playing. Uh, just fairly easy lifestyle, uh, you know. <laughs> very very conducive to managing a lot of fantasy football teams. Which is yeah, yeah. I don't think I could ever be at the Coots Hubbard level oh. though. I mean, no one can. Years. They're not human. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought your misses to Las Vegas early on. Yes, it was actually I think first or second date. Good for you. And wow. She, and her dad was reluctant to drop her at the airport with me <laughs> to go to Vegas to be in a draft. Uh, you, know, well, you know, there was a married gentleman at the. And I said, so, so your your wife wanted to come, and he said, no, uh, I wanted her to come. And yeah. I said, well, that's cool. Does she love football? He says, no. I said, well, well. Well, why'd you want her to come? And he, he said, I wanted her to look around the room. And I said, see, it could be a lot worse than me that you got stuck with. Boy, <laughs> that was a great answer. You know, and it might really, really worked for you. Uh, Once you open those doors to W Coffer FFPC, it's a new world in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a new world for the Los Angeles Rams, my friend. I, I oh, uh, remembered you as being a Californian. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and I, I'm so glad to meet you here. Um, here. Cooper Cup, Zach Ertz, both gone to injury and both on uh, your 17th place football guys teams. And I was trying to think about how disheartening this must be. I, I have a main event team that is doing well in its league and I drafted Stefan Diggs. So I looked at it and I tried to pretend what would I do if Stefan Diggs had the same end to the season that Cooper Cup did. And I had no remedy, no formula, no way to get out of this. What what has been your um what has been your method to try to stay where you are? And if you can do this, my friend, you're going to prove that you can put together a 20 man roster better than anyone that's in that contest. Enlighten us as to what the Sussman next move is. <laughs> I will tell you this, Eric pointed out, you know, what do you do? I mean, I lost them the same week, two weeks, or Cup and Eric, uh, Ertz lost, lost in the same exact week. Um, luckily for me, there were a few people on the waiver wire, you know, nothing to the likes of Cup and Ertz. Um, in, in fact, Ertz replacement is a pretty good pass catcher good. yes uh, so so that's an option there but it's unseen he's never he's never really played that role yet mm. uh, that's going to happen this week um so for me uh the last couple of weeks i watched juan johnson go off mm -hmm. and i've watched terrace terrace uh marshall marshall yeah mm -hmm. terrace marshall have two good weeks in a row and have a dud and I picked him up, and uh, 
like Eric pointed out, I'm a little weak on the on the wide receiver end. Uh, I have coverage on tight ends. Running backs are real good. In fact, running backs have carried me to this point along with Cup and Hurts. But uh, now that they're gone, my fingers are crossed on Juwan Johnson and Terrace Marshall yeah. to hold the fort down. Well, That's not a <laughs> God bless you, sir. I'm just I'm having visions of the Alamo. Uh-huh. You know, when, when, when the reserves came, you know, when when the reserves came in, it was 24 guys, you know, yeah. they showed up. God bless you, brother. Terrence Marshall to Baker Mayfield for three scores this week. Ooh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it would help me out in a couple of leagues. It really helped me out a couple of jams for sure. Yes. Um, Tyler Higby, speaking of the Rams, yes. you drafted him in, in the 13th round of this yes. draft. Tight end premium format. You get a guy like him in the 13th. That dude is third in the league in targets, with apologies to Farrell. But he's also third in the league amongst t- tight ends in receptions. Quite a ways behind Travis Kelsey, but he's going to uh, overtake Zach Ertz this week, obviously, or at least he yeah. should, as long as he catches four passes. Um, what did you see in Higby that other owners didn't that allowed you to grab him so late in this draft? Well, after you you mentioned that, um, I went and I checked my other two drafts because I drafted three drafts there, and and Higby went in that 12th or 13th round uh, in both of those other drafts. Um, and I think it was just me checking off tight ends as I went and saw Higby as the next, you know, potential one that's, that's got a good quarterback that uses his tight end, you know, with Stafford. Um, so I, you know, just pulled the trigger on him when I could because once tight ends get on a run in a draft, they're they're gone. So, well, I, I wouldn't say that you were zero wide receivers, but you were damn close. But yeah. <laughs> uh, if if you had drafted more, because uh-huh. you were really on a nice streak, and I think yeah. you saw in a player, and I got a little gun shy on him. I wanted to pull the trigger on him, but it it had to do with the quarterback. Uh, I have non-buyer's remorse, sadness of missing out on one uh, fantastic Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett. And what he's brought to the field this year uh, with Geno Smith is is what he never had with with Russell Wilson is consistency. He's been there every week, week in, week out. Yeah. Um, What led you to get this player, or as as our lead-in says – because no one else was available, Balky and I are here. Uh, the, the, what is it? Uh, well, the first thing is when you're drafting, Geno Smith is an unknown because Russell Wilson was the guy. And Oh, yes, at that point in time. I'm yeah, and, and, and so it was unknown how Lockett and Metcalf were going to do. Um, so... Uh, just by his performance in the previous years and me have a liking to both Metcalf and and Lockett. Um, Mm -hmm. He was there. So I took him and uh, he's, he's done, he's done well. And Gino's done well. In fact, I did pick him up on a waiver on one, one team. I have have not looked at at all your waivers for all your teams, Rob, but I did take a a quick peek at, at this um, squad that you have managed 
all the way up to 17th place in the Football Guys Players Championship. I'm going to give you free reign on this question. This could be specifically about this team. It could be about any one of your teams. But I've noticed that, you know, of, of the guests we have on, it, it seems to me you are in the upper echelon for being active, more active on the waiver wire than a lot of them are. Um, I'm curious if there is one waiver acquisition, uh, who would it be that you are most proud of this year that you were really happy to get off the waiver wire? It's only one player, uh, and it's a player that vaulted me to 228 points two weeks ago, and that player is the New England Patriots defense. (laughs) (laughs) Got to love it. Gotta love it. You gotta love it. Because Buffalo, Buffalo was on a buy. <laughs> and and you know, there was a lot of reason to get in business with the Pats. And I you know, many times we go to the transaction page to see who we picked up. I often go to the transaction page to see who everybody else has dropped. That's the most yeah. interesting thing for me. And I've run into one one disgruntled gentleman who dropped Justin Fields this year. So that became my only Justin Fields. And uh, the, uh, uh, there have, there have been others almost as notable as that it uh, there's, there's bargains out there and there's always somebody that's available. I, you haven't had to take an extra quarterback because uh, you've been through this injury situation before you took two of them. And now he's back with you and how fantastic it is. Did, did you foresee this kind of maturity, this kind of season? Because I'm, I'm going to go along with this question and I'll try to get it out. It was, you, you talked about Denver. Denver has a rookie coach and a new quarterback and rookie general manager. Right. But they have these excellent receivers and they had a the stud running back and they had a veteran backup running. You could say that it's going to come together. Miami has two no real direction in the backfield. Yeah. A new ride receivers, rookie coach. But Tua has left so many of these quarterbacks, including Russell Wilson in the dust. Did did you yeah. did you expect this success? Yeah. Yeah, I did. What did you see? What uh, we all knew he would we all could see the ceiling, but we also a lot of us could see the floor and a lot of us could see inconsistency and it, it what led you just to see it getting better to better week after week, which is, I think, what it has? Yeah, I think I think what was mainly in my mind at that time was Tyreek's movement to Miami mm-hmm. and having Waddle and having the two fastest guys in the NFL be your receivers and him quick to get the ball out and 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 like Josh Allen, able to run with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if he gets in trouble, which of course did get him in trouble there for a little bit. Um, but no, just, uh, and now, uh, now that he's learned his lesson in, in not really running with the ball, uh, and being more safe to be able to release it and let it fly. And those guys just run on, under it. Um, you know, uh, he's really taken, I mean, he's most accurate quarterback in football. So that's, it's luck. It's lucky on my part, really. Well, I mean, but but um, Farrell, what's the what's the the old turn of phrase about luck? Like, you make your own luck. Well, not make your own luck, but some all life is eight to five against. It, no, it's uh, it's <laughs> it, it, it's um, some about preparation. Um, 
like, and I don't know what it is. See, because nobody I, gave me that poster box. I know. Well, I, I it's hanging up in my office somewhere. I got to find mm. it, but I don't know what it is. But sometimes when you prepare, um, you know, uh, if there's something to be said for it, I'm butchering it and I'll move on. But some about preparing and doing your homework, and some sometimes luck finds you that way. And I think that's the case with Tonga Vailoa uh, with you, Rob, here. And, and, yeah. and offensive line's been good. He's got two good running backs back there mm-hmm. now with Mostert and Wilson. Gesicki has been uh, surprisingly right. good at, at tight end, catching the, the football this year. Um, still below average, but better than I think a lot of people thought. And when you have Waddle and, and Hill, it certainly makes your job easier for sure. Right. Um, let's talk about week uh, 11 here because you're getting hit hard with, with some buys this week. Yeah, both both weeks seven and eleven. I'm getting, you know, those those were were uh, gonna be tough weeks, and uh, once I get through eleven, I'll be okay. Um, well, I'm curious. Like week eleven, ha- have you have you given any thought to starting Naheem Hines this week? Now that we know it's not going to be, you know, played in that six seven feet of snow in Buffalo, and that they'll be in Detroit, uh, and and you would think now with two weeks under his belt, the practicing in Buffalo. Uh, he could be a valuable weapon catching the ball from Josh Allen. Have you given any thought about deploying Hines this week in your starting lineup? Yes, I have. And I haven't uh, – I'm not ready to pull the trigger on it because uh, Buffalo is still a, a three-running back team, which Singletary has pretty much taken over uh, the primary source. Uh, and when – if, if in fact, Hines went off last week or showed a uh, – a 10 or 12 point fantasy effort from him, I can say, Oh, this is going up, you know, mm-hmm. this is going up from here. But at two points, I'm still on the waiting, waiting list uh, to see his um, production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Times is like you take the ticket when you go to the social security office and you're still sitting there. Do you yeah. ever, Hey, are there a couple of weekends that you say the hell with fantasy football? Be shameful if you did, and go to Stagecoach and Coachella. There, do you do you just the city of festivals? Is is that what you do? Are you part of that? We yeah, we do have a, a room we rent out for Stagecoach and Coachella. We have met the finest people from all over the world. Yep, um, and and some of the funniest and, <laughs> and down to earth. Uh, uh, but what what a happening place this is, really? You know, yeah, it is. You're the walking distance to Coachella. You're the city of, of festivals. <laughs> I mean, don't you know? We uh, here at the FFPC, we have our ways. So you might you might get a knock on your door someday. Kadarius uh-huh. Tony, Kadarius Tony, he's knocking on the door of the end zone. And yes. uh, we talked about him a little bit while you guys were getting the uh, connection worked out. Your thoughts on Kadarius Tony? I am a buyer. He's in my lineup this weekend over a lot of receivers. Yes. Uh, finally, we're here on the eleventh week of his second season. Kadarius Tony, I feel we can count on him. your think, thoughts. Yeah, I think you can because you got uh, you got two guys out. Yes, uh, MBS is out. I don't may 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 play, but it, it's going to be Tony and that. Uh, MBS, I think. And then uh, uh, number three there is Watson. Um, uh, and he hasn't really got a lot of play yet. Uh, not like the Green Bay Watson. But uh, but this Tony is now like this week, I believe, is going to be number one. And he was hopping into the end zone last yeah. week. Yeah. So that could be more of the same this week. 
Uh, gentlemen, if I can offer this to you, Lucius Aeneas Seneca the Younger, better known as Seneca, was an ancient Roman Stoic philosopher who was oh. quoted as saying, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah, there you that go. That is the quote I was looking oh, for. There you, oh, go. there you go. Yeah. Oh, oh. I, I don't know my ancient Roman philosophy like I used to. Um, but but thanks to the Google machine, I was able to find it. Um, also, thanks to the Google machine or the internet machine, I guess. We have an email here for you tonight, Rob, and it's a starter set. It comes from Jim in Charlotte. And he wants to know, uh, first of all, he writes, uh, what's going on, Rob? Do you like Rondale Moore or Garrett Wilson better this week? Uh, thank you for the email, Jim and Charlotte. We certainly appreciate that. So Garrett Wilson this week is taking on the New England Patriots um, in New England. And then you have Rondale Moore, I believe, also on the road this week. Hmm. Uh, you know, they're at, well, they're technically on the road, but it is a home game Mexico. in Mexico City on oh, Monday okay. night. So there you go. So which one would you play if you could only play one? Garrett Wilson at New England or Rondale Moore in Mexico City against the Niners? Definitely Garrett Wilson at New England. Go back two weeks, see what Garrett Wilson did. And um, and I think, um, well, Farrell, let me let let me let you weigh in on this. Okay, more more versus Wilson. How do you feel about this? I do not like the matchup for the Wilson team in wow. in New England. Uh, yeah. Aforementioned pickup of the New England defense uh, in in that situation, but I am uh, I'm, I'm far from a Rondell Moore guy. I. Uh, I will defer to your you gentlemen on your commentary here. I don't think I have anything to add to it. Rondell Moore has flashed a little bit lately. Um, I might just go with Garrett Wilson because I, I think I'm going to be in a chase position in New England. I'm going to have to get some points on the board. And I'm going to be playing from behind. And I, I think he's got the best rapport uh, with the quarterback amongst the receivers. Tell you this right now, in regards to the to the Garrett Wilson uh, argument here, they were on bye last week. Were the Jets the week before in, uh, against Buffalo? Eight catches, ninety two yards. Yeah. To Rob's point, against those same New England Patriots. Yeah. On on Halloween weekend, six catches, one hundred fifteen yards. Has so much changed in two weeks? I uh, beg your pardon, three weeks that they're going to be able to shut them down. Non zero chance of every of anything. But you know Wilson may have the number there for yeah, and, and, yeah and and New England defense is great and they're not hurting. I I'm changing Buffalo defense out this week because they're secondary and everybody's beat up. Right. Um, and I thought, well, wouldn't this be fun in the snow? I'll leave Buffalo in, but now it's not in the snow and everything's going to be, <laughs> you know, very dry and nice. So I think New England at home is always a good bet. I'm just looking at it right now. I think I would um, – I have I have New England. I, I only have Buffalo in a couple of leagues. I have New England in a bunch, and I'm very yeah. excited to play them uh, this yeah. week. So we'll see what happens. Maybe it's a positive game script for Garrett Wilson going down the stretch as well. Uh, Farrell, final question uh, for Rob Sussman tonight. It is all you, my friend. Rob, you've given us a lot. You're – you know, the – there is greatness in your lateness, my friend. I like the way you 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 appeared. You kind of let us. You kind of left us out there, kind of like the, the stones would. You know, you, you, just, you just wait in the anticipation. You want me to play a stone song? Yeah, you know, on I mean, guitar. Yeah, there we go. I mean, you know, I mean, but 
I really have appreciated this. It's been really good. And you cannot, the rules are you cannot use a player that we've already spoken about. So if you've already played that card, tough stuff, buddy. You got to give the <laughs> listeners a sleeper and you got to give them a guy whose life really is eight to five against who you don't think is going to deliver a stud that you don't think is going to deliver this week. I have one if you can't think of it and a real sleeper that guys can count on. Uh, I, I got one and I uh, wish this team had that guy on it. I did pick him up on waiver on one of my other teams, but the guy to have in the sleeper to have in for me would be Mr. Darius Slate. Mm. I'm, 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 I, I got to get a whistle to blow when <laughs> I, when somebody gives a sleeper who's been wide awake for the entirety of the Has season. Has he been wide awake? Yes, I he's don't know. been wide awake. He's I don't... been catching passes. He's been fantastic. Slayton as a sleeper. That, that might be why my teams aren't really good. Slayton's my number two receiver. So maybe that's why. Farrell, I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm looking at this right now. He has only topped um, five catches once this season, uh-huh. Darius Slayton. Uh-huh. Now, he, he had six for 79 against the Packers in London. He had five for 66 at Seattle in week eight. Uh-huh. But who's he been, playing this week? And, and he's got Detroit this week. We're going to let we're sleepers back on the table, Rob. I think I, I, I will, you know, as an independent counsel here, I would allow this if, if it was left up to me. Sleeper is on the table. We're going to give yeah. you credit for that one. Hey, there's another giant deep sleeper. Okay, who is that? Him. Uh, who's, the, who's the deep sleeper? Isaiah Hodgkins. Hodgkins. Oh. Hodgkins. So take a look at that ball player, especially okay. you uh, dynasty players. Um, but so you're not talking about this week, right? Well, they are playing Detroit. Okay. Yeah. So you are talking about this week. It's all um, hands on deck, Malky. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I am. I'll be honest with you. Like I play Dynasty, but I am not familiar with Isaiah Hodgkins. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a play. Okay, so is he is he a rookie, Farrell? Uh, no, you know, he's not. Yeah, I think so. Uh, number was, eighteen, I believe. Good tall angular yes. player. You know, yes. I like the tall angular guys. Six foot three, two hundred one pounds. Just turned twenty four years old out of Oregon State. There you go, Six round pick in twenty twenty. He's got six catches for eighty two yards on the season, mm-hmm. um, and it looks like he's coming on. He it, uh, his last game this past week against the Texans. Two catches, 41 yards, um, and he uh, was coming off in October. He had some spot duty against the Steelers, four for 41. So there might be two something Two for 41 there well. is a league winner right there. It's, it's there in my you go. The way the scores have been this year. Rob, is there a guy that, that you would want to sit this week yep. that a lot of people will start? Um, yeah. Um, reluctantly, and I got him on a couple teams, is is Mr. Thielen from Minnesota. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, first of all, Cowboy defense. Second of all, uh, you got Mr. Hawkinson coming in there, mm-hmm. taking all the extra stuff, and and uh, and he hasn't really had those Jefferson numbers like he did last year, kind of. Um, so probably take a week off from from Mr. Thielen. I don't think there's going to be much Kirk Cousins dancing in the aisle of the plane after playing the Cowboys. I'm just on, that's my prediction. Well, you got two weeks of that in a row now. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to lose. Buffalo, right? That Buffalo one was 
the bomb there. Yeah. Um, since the acquisition of TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings, three for 67 and five for 49 for Adam Thielen, certainly not a whole lot to, to write home about. In fact, um, he's had plenty other better games than that uh, before Hawkinson. So you might be there might be something there. And uh-huh. obviously Dallas is trying to regroup um, this week after uh, they had Christian Watson tear him up. Of all people, Christian Watson tore up that secondary. Uh, against him on Sunday. So we shall see. I, I, I'm with you on both uh, Slayton and Thielen. And I'm with you on a lot of the things that you told yeah. us tonight. Rob Sussman, the 17th player, uh, 17th place overall player in the Football Guys Players Championship. Rob, congrats on all your success so far. Say hi to Hubbard and Coots for us, for sure. Uh, and good luck the rest of the way, man. Really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Thank you so much for having me on. You got appreciate it. it. Get a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Sling Blade himself, Rob Sussman. Uh, popping aboard to uh, to wax poetic on his team tonight. We had some ancient Roman philosophy, which I, I will say this: Hudson Kern Reed chiming in uh, in the in the chat room about that uh, uh, Seneca quote. It's not true luck by definition. That's a slight flaw in it. If if luck is opportunity meeting preparation, I so, want to know if if the professor can tell us who uh, who minted the phrase that all life is eight to five against. Now that would most impress me. And he wouldn't have to go back to ancient times to do it. Um, it, it so do you know the answer to that? Or are you just. Yes. Yes, okay. I do. Well, I, right. I'm not going to spill it because I want the professor to, you know, the, the professor has really got to get out of the chat room and come on the show. First of all, Farrell, it was pulling teeth to try to get Hudson Reeve on a couple of, a couple of years ago, um, pulling teeth. If finally, we Are you got talking to the, well, you got to talk to his agent and you got to get the deal right. He'll yeah. he'll come on Rotoviz, you know. He will, it, he's never been on that show. He's never he's been, never on, been on that show. It, no. it, uh, it's hard to get the academics on because they like doing things in the way they like doing it. Right. But yeah. it's I think our odds are better than eight to five against that we could get uh, Hudson Kerner. I wonder, I wonder if Sussman refers to one of those guitars as sling blade. I wonder if that's uh, could be. I just think of the movie, the Billy Bob Thornton movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. You know, they play a little guitar in there, too. You know, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's actually, yeah, absolutely. Um, two more emails let's pound out tonight, okay. Carol, before we we uh, bid everybody adieu. Keith in Bridge City, Texas. Am I good to go with the hot hand at tight end in Jawan Johnson getting the Rams at home? Or Zach Ertz's replacement in Trey McBride on Monday Night Football? Hosting the Niners. You guys are the best. That's Keith in Bridge City, Texas. Appreciate your email, Keith. Appreciate you listening, watching. Um, yeah, so so I've been forced to use Juwan Johnson the last couple of weeks, and it's worked out for me, but I've never been excited about it. Be very interesting to see what Trey McBride does against the 49ers, although I think I'm more willing to play Johnson against the Rams than McBride right away this week. We, we heard uh, Rob talk about McBride a little bit earlier in the program, and, and he seems a little bit bullish on him, but I'm. I remain. I remain um, yeah. unmoved early on. Um, he was an excellent pass catcher at Colorado State. Outplayed his college de- uh, destination. Uh, but I, my answer to would be if you are if you are in a point situation where you have to score points, if you're trailing in, in a total point situation, then then you want to go with Johnson. If you are in a head-to-head, if you've got a good head-to-head record and you want a steady-as-she-goes player, McBride might be your better choice. Okay. All right. So that's weird that, that the, the rookie might represent the higher floor here. But I can see of- five for 50 with McBride, and I can see two for 
25 with two touchdowns for Jones. Right. I and Hudson uh, chiming in too. The 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 prof says uh, McBride this week. Uh, if you need ceiling over over mean or or the floor, it appears the- that he's a McBride guy. Yeah, it was. He's evening him. Um, final email we'll do, and this is a weird one, but I thought we'd do it anyway. Sam and Marquette, Michigan. Would you guys roll with Kenny Pickett over Russell Wilson this week? I'm just trying to do everything I can to get a win. So normally I would advise against this. You know, think about this this choice at the start of the season, Farrell was unfathomable, mm-hmm. but like the NFL, it, it's crazy. And now here we are. Russell Wilson gets the Raiders at home in Denver. Kenny Pickett is at home against the Bengals. I can tell you that in Kentucky this week, I'm deploying the Bengals defense in several leagues. I am not strong enough to start Pickett over Wilson. I'm going Wilson this week. I'm going to go Pickett because I am going to fall back on the idea that it's going to be a run first game and that uh, we get about 20 throws out of uh, Wilson. And I believe uh, Pickett will throw the ball 35 times and some bad things will happen, but some good things might happen including the end zone. He could also run a little bit. Uh, uh, that's just what I would, that's just what I would do. He is the home dog this week is Pickett, And I love my home dog. So you can make a mm-hmm. case for that for sure. Uh, Farrell, listen, you did double duty with me this week. I certainly appreciate it. And as my gift to you, not only wishing you a happy Thanksgiving, but take next Friday off, watch some football, hang out with the fam, and we will resume in December. Okay, but, you know, watching football is a daily thing right now. I know. For God's sakes, Tulsa and South Florida are playing right now, and I'll be headed over there. And, Balky, uh, can you uh, can you talk a little bit before you go about Canadian football this weekend? I, I, I'd, be, I'd be glad to. I would be honored if any of the FFPC and KFFSC players would spend five minutes uh, and uh, say a prayer for uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson as the Toronto Argos – are in the Grey Cup versus Winnipeg, the favored Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They'll be playing in a place, uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, where we expect the, uh, the temperature to be in the teens and the wind to be uh, 10 to 15 miles per hour. And uh, it's, it's, it's football for real men for the Grey Cup championship. And uh, I couldn't be happier after uh, 13 years, uh, 12, 13 years of of working with McLeod to find that he's starting quarterback in a professional championship game. So we'll, uh, I'll be tuned in for the, I'll be tuned in. It's, 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 it's like, it's kind of like Super Bowl Sunday in November. So we're really looking forward to this weekend of football. We are all Argos uh, for, <laughs> week, for sure. I'll be pulling for them. Uh, that game goes on, what, Sunday afternoon, six o'clock? Sunday, 6 p.m. And it's okay. on ESPN. So uh, maybe after the, Four o'clock games, and before the late game, you can catch the last quarter. Go McLeod, uh, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson. We're certainly pulling for him. We're we're pulling for the Argos. Bring home the Grey Cup, Toronto. There you go. Those Mounties carrying it down on the field in the fourth quarter. Oh, do they really? Yeah, the Mounties walking around with the Grey Cup, and uh, you know they're they're taking it down to the eventual winner. I I I I believe my flight will have landed in Florida prior to that, so I should be able to watch the game in its entirety. So I'll I'll look forward to that. Uh, Farrell, enjoy your uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, my friend, and we'll talk with you on I believe um, December first. We'll be our next show. I'll be there. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Farrell. The definitive commissioner of fantasy football, uh, the KFFSC commissioner, uh, Farrell Elliott, joining us tonight. Kentucky, uh, beg your pardon. KFFSC.com is where to check that out. 
and uh, join those leagues next year, compete against myself, Hudson, Kern, Reeve, and all the other luminaries that many of them that have joined the show over the years uh, who also participate in that. I want to thank Farrell. I want to thank Rob Sussman, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, each and every one of you. In case you missed the other shows we did this week, Right on the FFPC YouTube channel is where you can rewatch them. The Road of His High Stakes Lowdown with the 11th place team owner in the main event, Rob Abbott. The 40th place team owner in the Football Guys Players Championship, Eric Sisson. Those are not only both available at the FFPC YouTube site, rotaviz.com slash podcast. If you just want to listen to them, you can do that there. Uh, and of course, Tuesday night, we have the KFFSC main event overall leader, Jason Kahn on. That is on the FFPC YouTube channel or anywhere you get podcasts as well. The uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, the Rotaviz High Stakes Lowdown, and the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour all off next week because I will be uh, in the Bahamas, actually, uh, with a little getaway with my family. Uh, so no trusted internet connection where i can do video podcasting down there um and, and uh and so we will be taking the week off from podcasting next week we will resume the the first one back is on tuesday november 29th three-time ffpc main event league champ Pravir shrivastava will join me on the road of his high stakes lowdown on tuesday uh so that's when we return live Play the FFPC Weekly Challenge for Week 11. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 players in the in the slim format or 12 players in the non-slim, the classic format, with kickers and defenses. You can play uh, against 30, I uh, beg your pardon, 29 other teams, 99 other teams. You can play against nine other teams uh, with a $200 entry fee, and the winner will take home a 2023 FFPC main event free entry. So make sure you're checking that out and playing. Those the leagues are filling up fast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, who's... Who would have thought the FFPC, your home of season-long fantasy football, now doing weekly stuff as we have been since September. Remember to like the videos that we have on the FFPC YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel itself. Comment on the videos. We appreciate that. Share the videos with your friends. Say, hey, uh, look at this idiot, Balky. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Share that with your friends so you can enjoy hum uh, you know, humiliating me and basking in the genius that is you. And then you can come on the show and do it right to my face, which I would love. Uh, we encourage that type of behavior at the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving since we won't have a show before then. Uh, enjoy all the football going on on Thursday and um, uh, hug your family. Uh, tell your friends that you love them and, um, and just really enjoy the whole aspect of food, family, and football coming up Thanksgiving weekend. Your weekend officially starts now. <laughs> This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. Hey, uh, one last thing uh, I should mention, too. Um, I, I, my, my son who is going on this Bahamas trip with, with me, um, was adamant that he brings a football, um, uh, you know, with us on the trip because he wants to play football, uh, against me and with me on the beach. So if I come back with a torn ACL or anything like that, uh, rest assured, I can still do this show video stream wise with a bum leg. Uh, so that is what hopefully I'm not looking forward to, but like I say, there's a non-zero chance of everything. Thanks for watching, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk with you in a couple of weeks.